podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Heart and Hand Extra, the preview show from Heart and Hand, which comes to you every Thursday slash Friday, and of course previews the weekend match. Now we're in a little bit of a an awkward situation in that we don't have a match this week, but we still don't want you to think that we're ignoring you and uh, have. Uh, we took Christmas Day off, and of course everyone said, "Ha, typical! You just look after the subscription guys these days." But no. We will always, always produce for you guys, except on my birthday and on Christmas Day. And in fact, to prove it, not one but two guests, which we don't usually do on this show. First of all, the man that you all know and love. Yes, it's a Livingston Lothario. It's Cameron Bell. David, happy new year to you, all the podders, and nice slash right at the start. I enjoyed it. Thank you. And uh, joining him tonight is a newbie who's really kind of doing, doing very well, and we like his... Described after his main pod debut the other day as a younger, gayer-sounding Scot, it's Adam Thornton. I've never been so insulted, but good evening. <laughs> what are you insulted about, younger or gayer-sounding? Well, it was mostly. That's that's one of those tags, like, you know, you shag one sheep, etc. Oh, it's sticking. I'm never letting him forget it. I mean, this is, this is now what he's going to have to live with from now on. But it's nice. We've, we've needed somebody to fill Scott's void for a while. And Adam, I think so, you might. So be, is he? Yeah, I think Adam might be the man to do that. So, okay, lads, listen, it's uh, great to have you on. Now, obviously, we don't have a game, but there's plenty to talk about in terms of Rangers, um, which is what we're gonna, which is what we're gonna get on with today. First things up, Cammy, Jimmy Nickel, thoughts. Well, Jimmy will bring back the, I think the staunchness that um, this current transfer window seems to be uh, lacking in terms of bringing in players like Sean and bringing back players called O'Halloran, etc. So, um, I think... Do you think it's to offset uh, we, that? It's to offset well, that, that? No, I don't think it's to offset it. I think he'll completely tip the balance in the other direction, which is completely fine by me. Um, Nickel, I think, is an interesting appointment. I know, uh, listening to the previous pods, it's kind of been discussed in terms of his very left field. Totally agree with that. Um, so, we just need to... Uh, hope that he's there to give Marty some much needed guidance and uh, I, I think the disappointing thing is he comes in now whereas I would love for there to be games so you could start to see the the end product so it'll come in time but no I'm quite encouraged by it. Adam though does that necessarily become a hindrance or the fact that he's got a few weeks to go in he said tonight Rangers have announced him this, is, this has now happened um, it was announced at 5 o'clock tonight and he said that he knows quite a lot of the staff through Rangers from Rangers Youth Development, which might explain Graham Murty and him having crossed path before. And he was saying that he he wanted to come in now because it gives him the time to work with the players in a more relaxed environment before getting back into the ground. So I mean, I know what Cammy's saying, and that you he doesn't just get to hit the ground running. But does it also mean if if you want to look for a positive there, well, it gives him a couple of weeks to. A bed in and B work with the players where there's no game at the end of the week to interrupt it. I think I think you're right, and I think it could it could work both ways. But we we kind of touched on uh, earlier in the week. We, wasn't, we weren't sure of the connections, so you're probably right that if he's done a little bit with the academy etc. Before it might be the connection there. But I think uh, 
I think coming in and going, going right away, right away, like we see, you see pre-season, um, the players often talk about how good it is to get a bit of bonding time. Um, it's bonding, not bondage, but um, get a bit of time in there, um, getting to know each other and, and getting to grips with things. Although he's been at the club a couple of times, it's probably changed quite a bit. But it's definitely changed quite a bit in terms of players that he's working with. Um, so it could be quite good to see them in a relaxed environment, get to know them off the pitch as well, um, before you start getting right back into it with the Aberdeen game in January. Cammy, you touched on this there about the signings, and you did so in a joking way, but I know you were pretty unimpressed by the signing of Sean Goss, um, which we're led to believe is a Mark Allen choice, and someone Mark Allen pursued and wanted to get in. Um, explain to listeners then that what your concerns are about a move of this type. I just think I think the problem you've got, David, is that because because the the world of football now via social media is so interconnected, um, you've kind of got the opportunity to discuss with other teams' fans about certain players. That's a good and point. I, yeah. I, I think I think as we hear things like that as well, sometimes what you hear is you're kind of a bit underwhelmed by the player. Like I think sometimes fans might secretly be quite glad to get shot of him. So obviously, I mean, from an export perspective, we could potentially say that with Pena because obviously it looks like he is shipping out, and obviously Beerman has has uh, just went out in mode as well. So I think I think for me, what I'm pleased about, just to caveat that slightly, is that we are not spending money on big well big ish names, signings, experienced players, etc., because that hasn't worked in the last two years in my opinion. So from that perspective actually I'm quite pleased that we're bringing in a lad who we will look for cover, as it was discussed in the last pod. It'll be potential cover if he's coming in to maybe sit in front of the back four. I hear he's quite versatile with that. He likes to be able to spray the ball about, etc. So I think I think the problem you've also got is you've got to question um, how much impact he's had with the team that he's leaving versus what can he do in Scottish football and sometimes that's very sink or swim I think our perception is always despite numerous um, players providing evidence to the contrary that well if he's done alright in England or even if he's rated in England then it's almost an automatic thing that he'll come up here and do well Adam but it doesn't always work out that way and and maybe sometimes we underrate our league slightly. Maybe not in terms of its quality, but in terms of the type of player you need to be to thrive in it. Because, sure, you can get a guy in who is an experienced Premier League player and he'll come in and look like that. We only need to look at Yusuf Malumbu at Kilmarnock for that. But this isn't an experienced Premier League player. He's basically a Man United Academy player who's gone off to... hasn't made the grade there, gone off to QPR... There's no, there's no disgrace in not making it through the Man United system. The guys who do tend to be you know, your truly exceptional players like Ratchford. But he's he's gone off to QPR, hasn't really settled there either. Um, there's not really a lot of... And I'm not damning the guy. I know a lot of people are, well, he's, he's crap. But I do understand the, if you like, the slight underwhelmed feeling by, by people. And I know that the counter-argument is, is, well, he's deemed good enough for these clubs. Well, he's not really, otherwise he wouldn't be with us. Yeah, I think if you look at it black and white, um, let go by Man U, so was Jordan Thompson. Um, he hasn't made the grade at a QPR team that are struggling. There's some noises that the style of play, etc. But if you're that good a player, you're going to get in the team. Um, regardless, I think for me, um, you're right to point out the, the SPFL. He's maybe not 
the type of player that would come up and thrive in that situation unless he's got a real bit about him. It's probably more like I would say it's like a ZLM signing that he maybe doesn't like. He's maybe lacking the physicalness of say a Don Ball who came in and did okay for a bit. Um, so there are quite a lot of risks with it, but I don't have a huge problem with it really. Obviously, it depends on. I see people are, are kind of a bit upset about no um, no buy no buy option etc. Which I I, I kind of get. However. If he's a good six months up here, I don't think it's really going to show QPR a whole lot. And if we want to get him, I'm sure we could still we could still get him. So from that point of view, I'm not really that concerned. I think worst case, he comes and he does a, a Namani and he goes away again in six months and we're no worse off. Best case, we could get a really good six months out of him and might pick him up when he's still relatively untested in the summer, but he's had a good six months with us. I think that could work. Sometimes players just need a break. You look at Coutinho. When he left into Milan, I don't think anybody would have thought five years later he'd be potentially signing for Barcelona for 150 million. Now I'm no. not comparing no, the players I, at no, all, but, even the But you're right, he, he was eight and a half million, and Inter wanted rid of him. And even okay, it's five years, yeah. but eight and a half million was nothing. Exactly. Liverpool bought him, and we thought. I personally thought, no way. Like he, he'll be playing for Middlesbrough in, in two years or whatever. Um, it just it doesn't really seem like it. It's a perception thing. Um, so I'm not saying it's going to go that way. I'm by no means saying he's going to be fantastic. However. Sometimes something just clicks somewhere, and you get a, a, a player who works with a team, who works with a manager, and it all seems to to work, and it becomes um, greater than the sum of its parts. Um, so it's one of those, like we, we spoke about before. I think it's a low risk punt. If it comes off, great. If it doesn't, then then fair enough. Cam, you like there's, a, there's an element to that, David, as well. We're just to kind of add in the slight risk that you've got when you take domestic transfers and by domestic I mean UK based transfers is that sometimes the player may feel that this loan opportunity is a great chance to show his parent club what he can actually do and sometimes what's actually really important is, is exactly as, as Adam's saying there is if it's the case that he comes in and plays well and fits and enjoys it and let's say wants to make a permanent move he'll be the first one that goes back to his parent club to say that because you'll probably realise at that stage, actually, I'm not going to get a game for you and I don't want to come back and sit on the bench or play the reserves. I would rather play first-team football, even if it's in Scotland as opposed to England. So being able to try and do Because I always got the feeling from ZLM and Adua, not so much Heidman, because I think that's probably unfair on him, but a lot of these guys come up here thinking, this is a bit of a kind of tap-in, so I'll do what I can. But really, my true goal is to be able to try and break through at Arsenal, to be able to go back down there or, or you know get a, a move to a decent club where I can start to stake my reputation on it it's really important to make sure that that player is is comfortable in terms of where he is if exactly in the best case scenario we were potentially talking about signing him at the end of that loan period now a player who is coming in if you like almost at the opposite end of that spectrum that, that wouldn't be considered a no risk punt because if he's going to be at least a million and I think possibly rising to 1.2 is Jamie Murphy who was in Glasgow today for his medical and all being well with that will be announced tomorrow in fact uh, from from what I heard that the deal's all signed and they will just hold off and do the announcement tomorrow because they did the Jimmy Nickel announcement today which is perfectly sensible incidentally but um, Jamie Murphy's coming in now he to me is the type of player in our current circumstances, you know, if we had five, six million pounds to be spending on individual players, that would be great, but we don't. But 28 years old, really solid career, um, has tended to kind of move on up uh, each time that he's he's had a transfer. Hasn't quite cut it in the Premier League, which is fair enough, but was a very, very good, solid, reliable championship player. And he's arriving, and I think a guy who, obviously because of his fee, will be a first-team player. He's going to go straight in, Adam, and be 
an option, I think. And I do think that he is a serious upgrade on what we've had in the left. Now, I know that we're going to have to mention the name Josh Windass here in case you know, people are thinking, well, maybe that means Josh Windass is away. I'm not sure Josh Windass can be considered a left-wing option because he's been really poor on the left wing. Where he's played well has been off a striker or as, as part of a two with a slightly deeper line. So I'm not necessarily sure the automatic assumption of Murphy's arriving, Windass must be going, actually holds water. No, I, I don't agree at all. Um, I think if you see, even with Murphy coming in, that's just still only got Murphy and Candace for both uh, wide forward slots so I think we will need Windass as well and potentially another one if it's Jordan Jones or whoever um, so I don't immediately associate that with, with Windass leaving uh, I think um, Marty might look at putting Windass in behind Morelos I know he said he said that he quite likes a 4-3-3 or if you think back to uh, the formation that we played on Saturday maybe Windass in the Cranshaw role there could be an option with, mm. with Murphy coming off the wing um, I would be very excited about Murphy if we signed him in the summer. However, I feel like I'm, I feel like he's in the same bracket as Dorans um, in terms of where he's came from, Rangers fan, what we're expecting, etc. And we spoke again on the pod on uh, earlier this week about expectations versus reality. So I, I hope what we're getting is the player that we kind of think he is. Um, if uh, if he doesn't hit the ground running, I hope he gets a bit of patience. But on the face of it, a million pounds for a 28 year old. Um, no-brainer to me. Um, he'll add goals, he'll add a bit of pace, and I think he's far and away a better option than um, Jamie Walker, for example. Interesting. Cammy, your thoughts on him? Now, Cammy, I should reassure you because I know that Sean Goss worried you. Jamie Murphy is a Rangers fan. Well, without wanting to name-drop David, I actually know several people who are close friends with Jamie Murphy. That's that's um, one of the pishest name-drops I've ever heard, Cammy. Well, I know, I know, and I wouldn't do those That's right up with the guy that I knew, whose sister's best friend made trainers for Kanye West once. Yeah, my, my mate's cousin's brother's sister, you know what I mean? Um, but the, the noise coming out of the Murphy camp is that he genuinely couldn't be happier to come in and sign for Rangers I think he is very very excited about the deal which is fantastic um, I think genuinely he will put 110% in um, it's interesting though that what we're talking about doing is we're talking about <laughs> using that left potentially that left flank cover for Windass whereas exactly as you just said there I don't think Windass is effective, anywhere near as effective as he has been on the left flank. He's made excellent runs and scored excellent goals, um, Petaudry included, um, coming from that left flank and running late into the box. My feeling is he could do that pretty much from anywhere in the park if he really had to. So it, it's almost a certain extent where I think if we were to sign a striker, that almost puts Windass at more threat of his position. So I agree with what you guys have said. I think that the best position for Windass is to put him probably behind Morelos and give him to a certain extent a slightly free role but when he's making those runs into the box he's going to cause headaches for defensive midfielders or the back four um, I think the big thing as well for Murphy is and what I would look to be able to try and do is if we could emulate um, Kandesi's crossing opportunities and his variation of crossing if we could get that from Murphy, I'd be really excited by that because I definitely think that if it's we, Alfie, or anyone else up top for that matter, we're going to give them more ammunition than right now. I don't feel they really get from the left flank very much. No, we don't. Um, and also, also Murphy, I think I think the thing is that you've got to look at as well is that he hasn't really been given an opportunity because of the fact that Brighton went into the Premiership. And as we all know, 
any club getting promoted from Championship into Premiership, the goal is survival. It's not about taking risks. It's not about you know um, sticking a, a flag in a player that's that, that potentially could cost you points or whatever. Actually, it's about staying there. So I'm not surprised that he's not been getting that turn. But for me, that should fuel his hunger into coming in and want to hit the ground running for us. Murphy is, for those of you who may not know much about him, he's what I brilliantly describe a friend of mine as a functional winger in the way that Candias is, in that he's not necessarily a guy who Neil McCann style, you know, will, will stand on the touchline and get the ball and take on his man all the time, but that's that's his game, you know, put in crosses. He's a guy who's well aware he needs to work hard, he needs to track back, he, he's got to get involved, he's got to put tackles in. And he's one of these guys who does that and that you may put up with occasional poor performances in terms of the attacking sense because of what he brings to the team. Much in the way, apart from a kind of dodgy spell in December, Candace has done where you're aware that there will be some times that he's crossing is a bit wayward, but generally he'll put in at least one or two crackers in a match, but he'll never let you down in terms of the work rate. And I can see that, I can see the thought process behind Murphy being, he's the same on the other wing. And what that does is, it then gives us two guys who can put in good balls. Jamie Murphy's more likely to get goals, I think, than Candace because he's a better finisher. He also likes to cut inside and, and have a shot. But on top of that, we now have cover for our fullbacks, who I think we we have all agreed, with the exception of Adam, who wants to marry James Tavernier, that we have been weak in that area defensively. Was that a snort of derision, Adam? No, not at all. Um, I, 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 agree. Um, I think your, your last point on Murphy's player, one where I see him as a diff, different to Kendias, I think he will have more of a goal threat. I think he will cut in a bit more. Um, and with John or Wallace overlapping, I think we could see the left-hand side getting up to um, the level that the right-hand side can be at times, so I think that's quite exciting, and like you said, Murphy's also, also got a bit of an injury on him to track back, so um, yeah, I, I think it, it immediately strengthens the flanks, um, which is uh, which is good news. Now, there's obviously still a lot of talk about targets um, who'll be coming in. Now, you mentioned one there, Jordan Jones, who from Kilmarnock, who is a player that Rangers are interested in, but face competition. And uh, Jason Cummings has been mentioned. Now, Jason Cummings has been offered to Rangers, but he's also been offered to Aberdeen, Hibs and Hearts, um, on loan, but with an option to buy should they want it, which you would assume, given they would want seven figures, would mean really Rangers would be the only club who could who could take them up on that. Um, and there may be a you know there may be a chance for him to come home, but equally he may feel that he wants to stay there, see who the new manager is, and see if he can impress him. Cami, you're obviously from that neck of the woods. Um, what would be your view of bringing him in? Because to me, I, I was thinking Jason Cummings is an absolute you know I would say just a no-brainer given what he's got but then it was pointed out by a few people that look his goals didn't come in the top division in Scotland they came in the they came in the championship and yes he he did get goals and cup ties against teams from the Premier League but he's not a proven SPFL player and yet we would be if we were going to be buying would be going seven figures it's it's the risk of where he's playing at the moment it's it's driving that price tag rather than he's his actual performance I think what's interesting is that he's been offered to us and both of the Edinburgh clubs and from being through this way uh, he would not be welcomed down Gorgie way let's put it like that 
So I think that really even, just even though he was a Hearts fan as a kid. Well, Hearts fans I'm talking to as well are, are not wanting them. Obviously, all joking aside, and I know what I'm usually banging in this drum for. Actually, they've got a lot of buy-in with Kyle Lafferty at the moment. I don't think, from the Hearts fans I've spoken to at least, and I have spoken to quite a few about this because I'd be interested to see what Cummings' options are. That they they don't feel like they either want him or urgently need him in order to be able to get over, obviously, the fact that he was you know a very strong player for Hibs. Okay, well, fair enough. Um, I mean, you, you've never got over Kenny Miller playing for them, so I can understand yeah. it. So, Hibs, from the Hibs fans I've spoken to, would take him back. I think they'd be quite comfortable with him back, but he, he left Hibs in quite decent terms. Um, as far as I'm aware, there's no real ill will there about the fact that he, he obviously chose to get out south. Um, so, where do we take him? I think, I think we would have to, if we have to spend money, then I'd want to make sure that it's a decent investment. Um, I know that there's been talk about potentially getting him in for a loan at the moment, but I believe that the, the, the preference for Forrest is to sell him, which he probably wants as well, because I can understand that. Um, the, the, the issue with this just now is it's almost, it, it, it feels a little bit to me like the managerial position, because it's not so much who you want, it's who you're being offered or who's potentially in the frame. And I'm not hearing too many candidates for striker positions other than Cummings at the moment. Now, potentially, we could pull something out of the bag that potentially Allen's been looking at or whatever. Get that. Um, but I think I genuinely think Cummings could come and do a job for us. Um, I think he would do far better at Rangers given the amount of opportunity that we could give him in terms of the ammunition that we could give him, whether that's through the middle or from either flank. Um, because that's the kind of stuff that strikers can mop up. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Adam, see if the Rangers support likes a player before he arrives. And by that, I mean that the, there is something in the back that has made them like him. And sometimes it can be a case of they've seen him play for another club, which it is in this instance. Sometimes it can be uh, he's a diagonal blue nose. Um, I think they give him a bit more time because I think they decide they want to like him and he will get time to settle. And I agree with Cammy there that Cummings short of having an absolutely horrific start, I think Rangers fans would back him in a way they might not necessarily do for someone that they have heard of and don't rate or they haven't heard of, they have a look at and immediately go, no, he's pish, which we do, yeah. let's be honest. I, I think Cummings is is one of few players that are available in the window that would have the luxury of, if you like, patience. Yeah, you're right. Um I think he would probably, if he was a recent example, he'd probably get afforded more time and patience than maybe Louis Moult would if he came in and, and wasn't firing, um, just because of the type of player he is. I think Cummins is a is a no-brainer. Um, he's gallus, he's got that wee bit of arrogance that we're actually solely, solely lacking just now. Um, we don't have someone who can take the game by the scruff of the neck and kind of go and win it on their own. Um, as far as I'm concerned, we, we need something like that. Um, I think he's got that. Um, I would, if it's an option to buy or whatever, if it's if it's seven figures, um, I would hope that we can go out and pay it. Um, if it's a loan with an option to buy, then I think again that's the best option for all parties. We can see how he does in the top flight, see how he fits in, and then potentially get him in the summer. So I would hope that that would be the the route we went down. Cami, we've criticised the board on this podcast deservedly, and I don't think we do it scattergun. I think it's for reasons that we explain and and I think most of our listeners understand where we're coming from on it but after the last window 
they did get the business done early and they did invest. This time it's shaping up that no matter what you think of the business, and that time will clear up for us, they do seem to not prevaricate when it comes to going into the market. There's none of this um, 28-day chase and will it happen, won't it happen. They do tend to get players in and we don't seem to wait to the last day of the window for it. And do they, do they deserve a bit of credit for that? 100% and I think um, I'm probably one of the first to turn around and I've done it on numerous previous transfer windows on this podcast where I've said we have to have a successful window I do not advocate any further this let's bring someone in at 15 or 20 grand a week who fundamentally is short um, I think I've been proven right on that in Cranchar, Barton, Senderos I feel I'm getting proven right on Alves, even though I think that's very critical at the moment because, again, I know it was discussed in the post-Celtic game um, pod, I don't think he shot out of his challenge at all. The problem, however, is that injury, for me, doesn't happen to a 23-year-old. That's no, well, that's point. true, yeah. yeah. And so what I, would, what I would say, though, about the board, and this is, this is probably fundamental, see, when you talk to the board about economics, actually, we're very clever. We're actually quite... When it comes to money... And basic finance, I actually were quite quick with that. I think for me, after the McInnes debacle, the club, and this is probably the, the most hilarious thing actually, the club are actually beginning to win a little bit back in the PR war, but it, they're not doing it intentionally. They don't even realise that they're doing this because they're backed Murty. They're going out and doing transfer signings quickly, which is good, but actually they're not kind of doing it in such a way that I feel like they're coming back to the fans to say well listen you know we're giving you players you want players we'll give you players mm. so for me I feel that yes we're doing business in a prudent manner which is good I think um, as, as Adam touched on earlier on the, the good thing about players coming in Jimmy Nick coming in and this trip to Orlando is it gives a, the time for the squad to get together to embed the new lads and then as I say see about how to get some fairly meaningless friendlies under our belt before we then get back to business at the end of the, end of the month. The board have always been able to try and do things like this where they will work and they will stump up cash to be able to try and do it. It's the other things that let themselves down, David. You and I both know that. We, mm. we discussed it often enough. Um, so I'm pleased in this sense in the board's proactivity, but it bleeds into the frustration about the other things that they do so badly because if they were to do the other things as well as they do the transfers, we would have far less to grumble about. Adam, I want your take on it because as Cammy mentioned there, it is something we've discussed on the show before and I think, personally I agree with him, but I want to get your take on it, that I think that the board on all matters that don't relate to on-field, um, but you know, refer to the business side of running a football club are are, are fine, you know they, they, they're good at what they do, um, it's when you start getting into the intangibles such as you know, supporter mood, PR, um, visibility, all that sort of thing. When it's not something that can be done on a spreadsheet, that's when I think that they really begin to struggle. And I, I don't think they realise. I think that they sometimes maybe place a wee bit too much importance on. Look, we've got to. This is the only thing. Numbers are the things that matter, and the rest of it will take care of itself in time. And that they don't always understand that no matter you know how well you're doing in a balance sheet that the optics of what's happening around the team will always be the first thing a supporter thinks about 
Yeah, well, to me, that's just what you described it. It's probably straight out the David Murray playbook. Let's ignore everything else that's going on, but we'll give you a new signing for £12 million. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. Um, I think there's context to it, uh, absolutely. I think we know the PR isn't great. We know the um, kind of standing up for the club isn't great. Um, whether, as Stuart Robertson alluded to, I think, or Dave King at the AGM, whether the sports direct contract with that being ripped up and the onerous amount of money we need to pay etc for that whether that will now start to from this summer start to show us a bit of difference in those figures but being on par with Aberdeen for sponsorship or slightly less is nowhere near good enough for uh, a club of our size um, I think to go back to the on the field stuff um, I think I mentioned on the pod earlier this week that this is the litmus test really for Mark Allen this window in, in summer um, he's made a good start he's got Jimmy Nichols in he's got um Sean Gosson, rightly or wrongly, and, and Jamie Murphy in today or tomorrow, and there's another couple that look relatively close, so that's a great start, and like you said, the board don't seem to be shy in backing um, the manager, it certainly doesn't seem like we need to get players out before players come in, which is another interesting one, um, so I think this is the litmus test of the whole director of football thing, he's been in there for four or five months now, he's got his team in place for two or three months, identifying players now, identifying players in the summer, if it's going to work, it's going to work in these two windows, um, and fingers crossed, because I do think it's the, the right model. Yeah, well, I mean, that's an interesting point. You're right, we, we couldn't really... Um, it, the business was done before he was appointed, and again, that's that's something that can be and has been debated, but it was done. This is now his window, um, and it's now his chance. And, and he, it's not like he has a strong manager, if you like, in place, who is going to be able to overrule him or ignore him. Um, he's got in a guy who is sure will have his opinions but doesn't have any capital at all in terms of being able to go and throw his weight around a la Mourinho or whatever there's none of that you would think that in the structure at Ibrox that if Mark Allen wants it to happen it will happen and this this will be his window I think and, and he'll be judged on that what you're, what you're hoping for in that regard though Davey is that what, you, what, you, what we talk about separately when you talk about guys like Mourinho is Mourinho will go to CEO and say, I want to buy Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I don't want to buy a six foot five striker who has got experience playing in clubs. I want to buy that guy specifically. That's who I want. So go and make that happen. And Wenger's done exactly the same thing. For me, what I would hope that Marty is doing is actually using his coaching experience to say, this is where the team has a deficit. This is where we need to get someone in like uh, for, so for me someone who is an attacking midfielder can sit 20-30 yards um, away and then ping a shot because I think actually we missed that I don't know anyone within the current squad who would be comfortable being able to try and actually have straightforward digs at goal from centre of the park things like that be able to try and generate playmakers and what you're hoping is that with that input that you get, he gives to Alan, Alan then can then come back and either using his network, using the scouting network that we've now set up at Rangers or his existing awareness prior to coming to the club that he can go back and say I've got five players and they are in various different price brackets, age ranges etc there's different variables to each of them but fundamentally these players fulfil the criteria that you're looking for that's what I'm hoping we start to see within this window and that's what I think is quite interesting about the Murphy signing particularly because as we've all said um, we're, le- we're weak down the left hand side but actually quite strong down the right so I'm hoping that that's where Marty's actually tried to have some of that input into 
Where, what are the key positions uh, for both of you? We'll start with Adam. But w- what are the key positions? Where do we desperately need signings? Uh, for me, I think we, if, assuming Murphy comes in, that, that was the, the key one. I think um, it looks like it's done. For me, I think we need uh, support from Morelos, um, as in another striker, not just someone supporting him. But then I also think we need something in the attacking midfield space. Um, the number 10 uh, role, really. Um, I think those two are key. I'm not that concerned about defence, obviously. I'm not I'm not privy to whether Cardoso or Alves or, or Tav are, are going. Um, but if none of them leave, I think we're OK. Um, so for me, I would be focusing everything I've got left on a Cummings and, dare I say, a Greg Dockery or something to come into the midfield. Um, that would that would do me, actually. On that point, just before we go to you, Cammy, on the same question, we <laughs> it's an odd position. We could move on, if we wanted to, uh, a few players, and, and you mentioned some of them there, if we wanted to, we could move on Cardoso, Alves, Tavernier, and uh, Josh Windas. There is interest there. So that will be something that the club can at least prepare for. The decision won't be taken out of their hands. There won't be player power forced on them or anything like that. It's a, 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 and nor would it be difficult to sell them because there is existing interest in the players there that, that we've mentioned. So you would think that if they do move any of them on, they should have replacements lined up because it's the club's decision. They won't you know, receive a last-minute bid at 11.59 on the transfer window and it will be a huge shock to them that the player demands to to sign it so uh, again if any of those players go out then the club know about it now the club can do it they could choose to do it tomorrow or they could choose not to do it it's entirely down to them Cami, what are you looking to see brought in this window well I mean as I just said obviously as Adam said as well striker attacking midfielder uh, would be my priorities um, I think obviously if we have players leaving and Tavernier being one of them leaves that gives us a very immediate hole at right back which we would obviously have to react to where he to go um, if I'm being selfish I would say irrespective of the potential players that could leave the club if we have the finance available to get those two positions fulfilled do it anyway because if for nothing more then it generates a bit of squad competition yeah. and uh, do you know what I mean every Rangers fan I think is, is extremely nervous about what would happen if Morelos was to get injured for example who replaces him because we have literally nobody and it would also be good to bring in Cummings that's fine but you're hoping that you're maybe rotating that between three if not four players for who you could potentially play up front and we brought in Peña and Herrera to almost fulfil some of that expectancy neither of which have, have really done that well and again I'm, I'm being harsh but especially Herrera um, however Peña probably to a certain extent fulfilled even without realising it that attacking midfielder role because whenever we were attacking he sometimes held back a bit or he, he didn't hit you know a 50 yard sprint straight out the gate he, he kind of started to warm into his sprint and then he arrived a bit late to the party and then as I say he caused problems um, I would like to be able to try and see if we can bring in that attacking midfielder who probably similar to what we would like to see at Cranchard if Cranchard was fit is someone who can unlock defences and and create killer passes etc someone who can read the entire game I know that's asking a lot but that would be brilliant because right now we've got McCrory who 
And if it shows the fragility of our first team squad, it's the fact that McCrory has come in there and absolutely hit the ground running. Now that I'm not decrying his talent because he's a very, very good player, but the fact he can come in and make such a difference straight away actually shows where we were where we were performing within that area. Holt and Jack Andy McGowan described them perfectly. They're water carriers. They will do the work, they will do the graft, they will do everything else as well. But they won't change a game no. with a yeah. with a with a an attacking a performance series, for example, you know. Yeah. Um so if we could bring in some sort of creative attacking midfielder, um I would prioritise a striker. That's the that's the, 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 the um number one target and then an attacking midfielder after that. And if we could get dare I say again, finances allowing a third striker to to come into that mix with coming in Morelos, potentially Windass if he stays then I think that that would definitely be a big benefit to us. Now, Adam, uh, Pena mentioned there, and you mentioned him earlier, it does look as though he will be on his way with, actually, Cruz Azul, uh, Pedro Cachinha's new side. Um, very interested in taking him on loan. Now, I know Rangers fans are saying, oh, I'd love to, to make that a permanent deal, but it's a case of what you can get rather than, than what you want. And I, I'm not going to name the figure here, but I've been told by people that I trust and are usually right that... The amount of money he's on is is scandalously high. I mean, ridiculously high to the point that I'm not going to say it because people will think I'm talking out my arse. Um, Rangers really need to move him on, even if it is for six months. If somebody else will pick up the wage because he, he is such a drain on the resources. Would you be sad? Are we missing the boat here? Are we throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Or is it just a case of going, you know, uh, wrong guy, wrong place? Is never going to work. I think that's it. Um... I think I've heard. I think I've heard most of the rumours about about the wages. Um, it's like it's, I say. It's to the point where these guys are never usually wrong, and they're telling me this, and they're saying, "No, I couldn't believe it either." But that is what it is, and I'm like, "Christ, really?" I mean, it's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, you again. I'd be interested to know the context and how this type of thing gets signed off. But for me, I think Pena actually got it right this time. So Pena is um, well done. Yes. Yeah, well done, mate. Pena is obviously already left the club. Aye, good. Um, I just don't think it's, it's. I've got a little bit of regret about it. I think, however, I just don't think we're good enough to carry a player like that with such obvious flaws. The other ten players really need to be on their game um, to be able to carry someone who can sit in that ten role and basically do nothing um, until he pops up and scores a goal. Um, we need. We've been decimated in midfield. We've had to change. Um, the forward line quite a bit there's been just too much inconsistency everywhere else that I think like you said in another time um, maybe one of the I mean if you think maybe one of the Walter Smith teams like the 2008 teams or, or 2009 etc maybe crying out for, for someone a bit more attacking in midfield might have been able to carry that with mm. Davis and Ferguson nah, and Thompson behind them um, nah, it could have been quite interesting nah I don't I see that like you said it's just wrong time wrong player wrong situation and we just need to cut our losses unfortunately um, also, young Miles Beerman's away, so there will be. He's away to Queen of the South on, on loan for six months, so there will be ins and outs. That, that's one thing. What I would say to people who are maybe kind of wondering what type of player we'll look at um, the players that we're actively pursuing are guys who are British based. That's the, the list, um, from what I'm told. That I don't know all the names on it, but the, the players that we're looking at are based in, uh, are based in Britain. 
Okay, boys, I, I think we'll leave it there. Um, I'd just like to thank the two guys for coming in tonight, Mr Cameron James Bell and Mr Adam Thornton, because we did have something else planned for tonight and it fell through at the last minute. We will be bringing you it, it just fell through for this show, um, but it will be with you uh, in the next few days. If you really like uh, what you're hearing from us, then please visit our subscription site on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash heart and hand, where there's at least two shows go up every day. Loads and loads of different content. Um, our latest one that went up today is a, a series where two guys uh, who grew up in the noughties look at what happened with uh, Rangers through that decade. And there's there's loads of great memories there. And there's, of course, our, our look at the advocate years, there are head-to-head debates. There's a show from Rangers Bet, uh, the, the the Twitter tips. So there's loads and loads. And new shows will be, be coming out basically every week from now on, as well as daily updates and uh, so much more. You will really, really enjoy it. But uh, if you want to subscribe to that, it's only one ninety nine per month or three ninety nine per month, and you get a little bit of extra content as well on that. So please go along and have a look at that. But if you just want to stick to your regular heart and hand listening listening t- uh, patterns, that's no problem as well. Um, we'll be back on Monday with our, our other flagship show, and these two shows are free and always will be. That will not change. If you want to get in touch with me on Twitter, I'm at Ibrox Rocks. Cami is at Beat That Beat, and Adam is at Adamskate One Five Two. So that's how you get in touch with us to send us hopefully nice things and you know, maybe abuse I don't know but we'll, we'll just block you so please just stick to nice stuff if you know we're fragile egos I'd like to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers and to thank all of you for listening and say we will be back on Monday cheers bye <laughs>